You know, for me, the best thing that could ever happen to me is going to Europe. I learned how to be more independent. You know, I learned how to suffer. Uh, you know, not knowing the language, for example, in Spain, having even to learn to cook from uh, YouTube. Uh, all these things. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, not just Nasi goreng? Nasi goreng in Spain? Pasta. I actually just <laughs> pasta. I didn't even know. Believe me, Mark. I mean, like, you know, in Indonesia, sometimes we have helpers and everything to cook for us. But, uh, and even my parents, you know, my, my mom would cook for me here, but I would never cook in my life. But having to go there, even cooking pasta, I didn't know how to do it. But it's not just uh, improving yourself as a football player, but it's all these life skills that you learn, you know, from out of your yeah. comfort zone. So, guys, today I'm uh, having uh, the only Chinese-Indonesian player in Liga 1 with me. He's currently playing for Sleman, left back, been to Europe, have played in many Indonesian clubs, have played in some European clubs, has got a lot of experience in this league, still only 27, if I'm correct. Correct. Artur, thank you for joining. Man, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. I've seen your uh, podcast with Irfan also. It's super cool. So, no, I'm glad to be here, you know. And, uh, you know, you're my brother too. So, of course, anything, anytime, any, anytime I get to talk to you, it'd be great. So Nice, nice. So, now it's your turn to inspire people, inspire uh, the next generation. We spoke a little bit before this podcast about, about your journey and it inspired me a lot. And I think that while having that conversation, I thought... Uh, you could inspire a lot of people. So that's why I invited you as well. Uh, that's the reason of this podcast, cool. just to motivate people and bring positivity. Of course, of course. No, it's uh, it's great, you know. I think uh, you're also inspiring a lot of people, you know, just not just myself, but a lot of other kids also and, uh, and, and people who want to be footballers, but not necessarily that, just to be a good human being. Uh, that's, I think, the most important because for me, you know, uh, being a footballer, you have to be able to give back because you're essentially you're a public figure. You have a voice, and what I, my angle is always that look, okay, we can we of course we have to play well, we have to train, we have to do all the stuff that a professional footballer would do. But what I like is that the fa the fact that we have a voice, we should do something good with it. And I think that's what you're doing also, which is great with Project Nasi, you know. And I see you giving back to charity, so that's something that I, I respect a lot uh, from your part and something that I look to do as well myself. So I think we talked a lot about that. So, uh, sure. you know, I guess it's it's just the same. It's the fact that, you know, you should be a, you know, it's, football is a lifestyle. It's it's on and off the field, not just the professionalism. But for me, for us, I think we like that uh, philanthropical lifestyle where you also give back to the community, you know, because you have that voice. Exactly. And I think we should raise that whenever we have the chance. Correct. First question, when did you start to learn football? And was there any family member who support you to become a football player? Yo, this is a, this is a, a long story, but I guess we have time. So, uh, I actually started playing football when I was eight years old. Uh, I played basketball before. The, the first time I played sports was basically uh, my uncle. He went to school in uh, America. He came back, and then uh, he, of course, there they don't they're not soccer is not that famous, right? It's more basketball, American football, etc. So. I learned how to play basketball first. That was the, essentially the first sport uh, I played. I went to a new school in Jakarta, basically. And then uh, I remember that time they didn't have a gym, but everyone was playing football. So I just tried. Very bad at first, of course. As an eight-year-old, you don't know how to kick the ball. But somehow after uh, 
after a year or two, just just keeping at it, you know, it came quite naturally to me. I think I'm a decent athlete, so I think uh, in the end, that's when it started really, you know, at eight years old to, to play. But if you talk about uh, any of my family members being athletes, I would say zero. Uh, I don't come from a, a family of athletes. I would, I'm the only one, essentially. Um, so yeah, and I, I think we can we can get into that later, you know, about the family supporting me to play football. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated uh, situation and right, but uh, eight was basically when I started playing football first, and of course I, I became professional when I was in Spain. Did any of your family members support you to to become a football player or become an athlete in general? I think also being Chinese Indonesian as my heritage is, I don't think you get a lot of Chinese Indonesian athletes. Like you mentioned, I'm the only one in uh, in Liga Satu now playing football. And because it's something that is completely different from uh, what my society uh, would normally do. They're mostly uh, entrepreneurs. They mostly are into more business. And But I chose the path of football because for me, it's my passion. I love the game. Uh, and I love having that voice, you know, uh, to, to not just to, about making the money, but having that voice to give back and to educate the younger generation, to do good things and give back to actually charity, you know. So I think that's the type of person I am. So that's why I think uh, football was great for me. Uh, in that sense but having said that i think uh, at an early age my parents my family didn't really support it because it's not their fault too because maybe they're not educated about a footballer's life or an athlete's life it's something completely out of the norm for them right so yeah uh, of course they, they at first it was a bit of a resistance um and it wasn't easy to, to come to terms with it but you know, I in the end, uh, I thank my parents and uh, my family. In the, well, mostly my parents because, you know, um, they're the ones who uh, eventually let me pursue my career because they know it's my passion. They know that uh, I love it. And once I've, I've got that first professional contract, I think that's when they were like, okay, look, you know, you can actually make a career out of this. You can actually, uh, you know, get, get paid in the end. Uh, so yeah. I think after that, they've, they've been nothing but supportive since. So uh, it's, it's, it's been great. So I think... Long story short is basically, I had to prove to them also that look, football can be a career. You know, it, it's yeah. it's completely different from your careers, or uh, the family business or anything. But essentially, I can make my own living and my own career out of this. So, when that happened, I think uh, they're they're 100 behind me now, and I would say that they're they're my number one supporters. You know, uh, through the good times and the bad times. So, I'm blessed and thank okay. that. Yeah. Nice, very nice. Um, as you mentioned, uh, maybe. It's a bit different in your culture, yeah. uh, in the Chinese Indonesian culture. That's more into entrepreneur uh, life for yeah. most people. You you come from a wealthy family yourself, wealthy kid, rich kid. People may, might say, yeah. uh, growing up in Indonesia. Do you think that was a privilege, or do you think that came also with limitations to make your dream come true as a football player? Of course, I think first. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always proud of who I am and uh, what I have. Uh, for me, it's it's a blessing from God also, you know. I mean, uh, there's a lot of underprivileged kids that are not in my position. And for me, you know, I have to be thankful for that. And with, with my position, I have to be able... That's why I have that uh, mentality to give back. Because, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, everyone deserves deserves a chance in life, in everything in general. So, but of course, in, I feel like uh, the general gist of things in Indonesia, they still have the mentality that, uh, as a football player, you have to come from, a, a, let's say, less fortunate background. And uh, if you come from a, a quite an established background already, that uh, the question is, why are you playing football, you know? But for me, 
uh, that shouldn't be the case because the beautiful thing about football is that everyone can play it or do it. Uh, white, black, Asian, Latina. So for me, it's a very diverse sports that lets everyone come together. And the same thing, not just for races, you know, not now we talk about there's a Black Lives Matter movement, which is great. I think that football should be played by everyone, but not just the color of your skin, but also uh, where you come from. Essentially, you know, your social economic status, you know, whether you're underprivileged or uh, come yeah. from an average family. So I think football is, ma- is made for everyone. And of course, uh, I'm also an, a normal football player and I want to I make as much money as I can in, in my sport. But what drives me is, is, is not the money necessarily, it's the passion, like I said, because to have that voice also to be able to give back, to, to be able to, like what you're doing, to inspire the younger generation. So that's my, my, my drive to, to, to be the best footballer I can. So I think in Indonesia, it's not there yet, but it's getting there. I think it's much better now. Uh, you know, everything takes process. Where maybe in, in Europe, it's, it's, it's already getting to that stage where, look, anyone can play football and football is considered a, a quality job. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's put it that way, you know. So um, again, coming, coming from that side, uh, that everyone can play football. I don't even look at myself as a Chinese Indonesian because it's same for you. You're Dutch, but it's, you have an Indonesian passport, which is fantastic. And I look at you as an Indonesian now because I'm, I may have a Chinese heritage, you have a Dutch heritage, but essentially we want to play for Indonesia. We're, we yeah. want to do good for Indonesian football. So uh, I don't really want to look at color, race, or uh, or you would say wealth. The most important is you if you have that motivation to actually do good for and the that, exactly. Exactly, so, exactly. It's all, it's all about the passion, what correct. you mentioned, and I think that should be the main drive in every kid's uh, career or yeah. Uh, dream. Yeah. In your history, to become a football player with your passion uh, did you face any kind of racism along your journey in Europe or in Indonesia of course it's uh, I think it's I mean not just football but I think in any walk of life there was always going to be that issue a bit but when I was in Europe then they always think that oh uh, do they play fo- I mean not to be rude but it's a fact do they play football in Indonesia because we're not so well known as a footballing country yet in Europe maybe you you understand this because you played there before and they would say, oh, automatically, if you're Brazilian, oh, you're a skillful player, you know, you have a lot of yeah. talent. Oh, you're German. That means you're a hard worker. But, oh, you're Indonesian. You play football. You understand? So yeah. that was that was more of my challenge. And it wasn't necessarily that they're racist towards uh, Asians or Indonesians. This just for them, it's, it's, it's unheard of that an Indonesian player is playing in Europe. But I'm happy now, you know, with the situation of Bagus also, uh, that he's able to go there and there's more eggy, there's more players that are playing in Europe. So that's fantastic. But the obstacle was basically, you know, having to prove myself more than any other player because automatically if you're Brazilian, they think you have quality, you know, and uh, they already have that that perspective of you when they see you train or anything. But in Indonesian, you really have to start from zero. You actually have to prove yourself more than the other players. So I think the obstacle was uh, more in that sense. And of course, coming back to Indonesia for me, it was that uh, challenge of, having been uh, with a privileged family, having come from a privileged family. And they would think, oh, why is he playing football? Because it's it's out of the norm, you know? So, yeah. uh, of course, I've, I've, you know, I face those obstacles in my life, but uh, I wouldn't change anything because for me, uh, those obstacles have made me tougher mentally, uh, you know, as, as, as a football player, as a person. And, you know, uh, what I want to say is basically, I want to be the pioneer to, to say that, look, football is for everyone and for all, uh, other kids who are maybe ha- with a Chinese heritage or are more pl- privileged, 
why not? You can be a football player. There is nothing wrong with that. And for the football community, you know, if you have all these, if you have a, a, a wider range of the types of footballers you can accept, of course, you have a bigger talent pool. You know, there's 250 million people in Indonesia. I'm sure, you know, we can do great things here. There's, it's more than a lot of Asian countries. So what I'm saying is, you know, just I want to be that pioneer that, look, football's for everyone. And our motivation essentially is to, to better Indonesian football, you know, um, through our voices and through through what our experiences. So, yeah, the, again, the main thing is just I, I, I just want to have that voice that, uh, you know, whether you're any color uh, from any kind of background that football should be uh, should be something that you should want to do out of passion and that you should be able to do. Normally, I ask what will be your message to children and kids, uh, but I, I want to ask you the opposite. What will be your message to parents of Indonesian Chinese background in order to pursue the dreams of their children? I want to say that, look, uh, I feel I can still offer more in my career. I feel I'm not there yet. You know, uh, I'm always critical about myself. I want to achieve more in my career, uh, but it is possible for, for, for a Chinese Indonesian to, to play football. It is possible and it is possible to be accepted. I mean, in the end for me, uh, I feel I've gotten a lot of respect for my peers also having played, you know, uh, and with, with, but of course it's with hard work. You have to prove yourself more maybe than other players, but which is fine. It's that challenge, but it is possible. So, and football is, is a real job. Uh, you know, you can actually do good out of uh, playing football, not just uh, economically, but to actually have an impact in the society, in the country for good. Uh, and, you know, my, my message to them is that if your, your son or even daughter loves football, please let them pursue it. Because when you, when you have that passion, when you have that heart for something you love, you're going to work harder and you're going to want it more than doing something that maybe you're forced to do. Exactly. So, and it is, it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible to be a successful football player as a Chinese Indonesian. So for me, nice. you know, my message is just that keep dreaming and it's it's possible if you want to if you anything is possible as long as you want to work for it and you have faith amazing amazing i think that should be a very powerful message to families to children yeah. you as a child i think was very privileged as well you went to europe you've yeah. been playing in european clubs in your uh, early career yeah. how did that how did that came how did you go to to those clubs so basically, uh, I was in a football academy in Jakarta. It was called uh, Asian Soccer Academy last time. I think uh, there were some players that came from there. Luji was there for a while, Shamsir uh, Alam. But anyways, uh, the coach there was uh, was a, it was an English guy, and he sent some of the players on trial actually to England. So in one uh, trial game, uh, I actually played very well. Uh, you know, surprised myself there. I'm not a goal scorer, but I scored a goal somehow. Uh, and uh, there was a Man United scout, I remember, that, that came actually to, uh, to my parents because my parents came along to watch me play and they said, look, your, your boy has potential, but uh, obviously you'd have to move here for him to uh, pursue his career or wait till he's 16. Anyways, uh, didn't really think much of it because my parents were still, that was the first time I think they opened their eyes, but um, I think they were still hesitant because they were never going to move there, right? I mean, they have their life here in Indonesia. Yeah. Long story short, I think uh, when I was 16, uh, I made a decision and I told them, look, uh, I want to I wanna do this. I want to pursue my career in football because for me, you know, uh, I, there's not much, not many kids with that opportunity to do so. 
So exactly. when I came, I made that choice to go to England uh, because of what the Man United scout said. Uh, I went to school there, and then I trained with the Man United Academy. But uh, it, again, it's an obstacle. It was a big problem because actually in England, uh, it's almost impossible for an Indonesian player to play because of the work permit. Uh, so they have their own rules, the FA rules that your country has to be in the top 70 of the FIFA rankings or not. I think he has to play at least 70% of the international games. But obviously I was 16 then. I haven't played for the national team, uh, you know, and I'm Indonesian. So uh, I couldn't I couldn't sign for Man United, but I was allowed to play the friendly games. Um, so in one friendly game, actually, uh, I played quite well. Uh, I remember it was against Burnley, and then uh, there was one agent, a Dutch guy actually, one Dutch agent, uh, came to me and said, "Look, uh, are you playing for Man United?" Because uh, you know he's just asking me questions because I was the only Asian kid essentially. And then uh, he said, uh, "I like the way you play," you know. Uh, I said, and I told him my problem was basically in England. So uh, he took, he said, "Look, but you know it's possible for you to maybe play in Spain." You know, I I, li- I lived there, I worked there. Long story short, uh, he brought me to Spain. Uh, I trialed with a couple of clubs, actually, you know, uh, Espanol, Espanol being one of them, uh, you know, and well, there was one club that didn't sign me. I don't think I did well in the trial. Another club did sign me, didn't want me. And then there was Espanol, who who I actually trialed for the most time. It was like a month, a month trial. So that was also difficult with, with being uncertain and everything. But I just finished my A-levels in school, which is like high school. So, okay, I had time. And finally, they offered me a contract uh, to play there. So then that's when my, my career kind of, kind of, you know, uh, took off in that sense. That's, that's the long, that's the, yeah, well, that's actually, that the is the long story. The long story. What did you, what did you learn, learn most about your time in Europe? For me, uh, you know, what I learned most is that essentially I know more about European football and Indonesian football because I was basically uh, brought up there, played there first, you know, I, before then yeah. I never played professionally in Indonesia. Never played for the under 19 national team. Not nothing, nothing. Just purely from Europe straight away. So, but uh, what I learned there is even in Europe, uh, what I learned in Spain and Belgium are all very different because even in Europe there's different brands of football. What how you? I mean, you would know. You know, you played in Scotland. You know, you played in England also. Even Scottish and English football might be different. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. so, so. But I think what I learned more is that uh, aside from the you know the technical things, the tactics and everything, it's it's more that. The, the way the players uh, manage themselves, the way they their attitudes are towards things, you know, how, how they bring themselves up as football players um, with that confidence, with that charisma. Uh, and not just that, living as a professional football player. That's what I learned most, how they took care of their health, you yeah. know, having enough rest, eating right, uh, their game day rituals before a game, even even the little details with like, okay, from now, when before the night before a game, I would carb load. That's something that, I had to learn myself too because essentially I didn't. I never learned that uh, how to eat properly and how to eat as an athlete in in, in Indonesia before. Uh, so yeah. it was more off the field stuff that I've learned actually uh, uh, being in Europe. You know, I'm. That's why I mean, like you came from Europe, and for me, you're one of the most professional players I know. How you take care of your body, how you you know you give that extra effort to train, you know, even with your rest time. So. I mean, you've you've learned this because you played there, and I think yeah. that's what I've kind of learned also coming back to Indonesia. Nice. And if you look back on the time, you are 16, you move abroad. It's not really common in Indonesia for for a young football player to move abroad at a young age. Uh, it's not even common that a, that an Indonesian football will move abroad at all during their career. Yeah. 
yeah. maybe a few will do. It's for me. It's going out of your comfort zone. Yes. What and and I think going out of your comfort zone is not something a lot of people willing to do. Yeah. Because they they will go to the unknown. They will go to some place they they don't know about. What makes the not living in your comfort zone uh, benefit to your life? For me, I, based on personal experience, of course. When you are at that level of your comfort zone, like you're saying, and you're comfortable, you're never going to improve. Because what makes you improve is the hardships, the obstacles, when you actually push yourself. So, you know, for me, the best thing that could ever happen to me is going to Europe. I learned how to be more independent. You know, I learned how to suffer. Uh, you know, not knowing the language, for example, in Spain, having even to learn to cook from uh, YouTube. Uh, all these things. Nice one. <laughs> yeah, not just nasi goreng. Nasi goreng in Spain. Pasta. I actually just pasta. <laughs> I didn't even know. Believe me, Mark. I mean, like you know, in Indonesia, sometimes we have helpers and everything to cook for us. But uh, and even my parents, you know, my my mom would cook for me here, but I would never cook in my life. But having to go there, even cooking pasta, I didn't know how to do it. But it's not just uh, improving yourself as a football player, but it's all these life skills that you learn, you know, from out of your yeah. comfort zone. And uh, for me, for, I think you always have to challenge yourself. The, the moment you're you're stagnant and you feel comfortable is when you have to change something up. If not, you're not going to improve. You're going to stay in that level. So, I mean, my, my advice for young players in Indonesia is that if you have the talent or you have the, the capacity to play in Europe, go for it. Because yeah. this dream is every kid's dream. It doesn't come, you know, it maybe doesn't come at all. But if you even have that slight opportunity, go for it. And believe me, even if you don't succeed in Europe, when you come back, you're gonna be that much of a better player, and you're gonna have all this knowledge uh, to play in the Indonesian league. But even simple thing for you, I felt like at PSM, you did everything you could have done. You know, yeah, uh, you did great everything. But that last year, you were just in your comfort zone. You know, you're enjoying yourself because you're you're you were like a king there. That's the thing. But I thought you moving to Persija is the perfect move. Uh, I'm not saying Persija is a bigger club than PSM. You know, uh, I can never say that in Indonesia. I think. A lot of clubs are equals, but you know you wanna you wanna start from well. I'm not gonna say start from zero again, but you you do have to build your name again around your new teammates and everything. And for me, uh, you know that's made you a better player. You know, and you know you're still young too. You're not old by all means. So I think what you did there is is, is amazing. And I I don't know. I do you feel like you've improved more playing in Presidia because you're out of that comfort zone. You have to start from you have to you know prove yourself again. You have to work double again. So yeah, for me you know. Uh, as a player, I think uh, you would always want to challenge yourself and uh, exactly comfort zone to, to 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 be better to improve. You know, what made you come back to Indonesia after after European uh, time? So you know, uh, when I was in Belgium, it was my second year actually. Uh, first year coming to the second year, uh, I had a big injury. I had a, I tore my quadriceps tendon uh, playing playing one game there, and there was I think four more games left to the season. You know, uh, I want to get my chances. If I get to play, I want to play, of course. You know, like as any young football player does. So uh, I decided to take uh, cortisone shots, injections, uh, and I took four <laughs> before every game. Wow. And, yeah, and I think, you know, I think the normal thing to do is I think you can only take two cortisone shots the entire season. Uh, that's yeah. But anyways, uh, essentially cortisone is just a painkiller. It doesn't actually uh, heal the the injury and. So yeah, I played. I went through every game. I got through the games, but I couldn't basically. I couldn't walk and couldn't train after the games. Summer came, finished those four games. Then summer came, 
uh, yeah, I just did my rehab. I relaxed. I didn't do anything. Coming back to preseason, that that year, uh, I felt I didn't feel right. Uh, I didn't feel right at all. You know, uh, when I I moved like I felt slower. I felt something stuck in my hip. I couldn't move. Took an MRI. My quadriceps tendon healed, but I had a, essentially what's called a calcification because of the cortisone shot. So a calcification is basically like an extra bone that grew in my hip. Okay. Yeah. So I had a had to have that operation. Uh, it was, it's not a big operation, but the thing is that because it was so deep inside that they had to cut, they had to cut a chunk of muscle out, right? So yeah. I have to build that from scratch again. So essentially, I was predicted to be out for six months, more or less. Okay. And I was still under contract in the Belgium team. Actually, I was gonna. They actually asked me to resign a new contract because I was also injured. So you know, uh, I think they felt obligated that they have to take care of me to to get fit. But. Um, this might be one of the things that I've regret doing in my life, but again, no regrets, right? Move forward. But I was like, look, I'm in Europe to play football. I'm not here for vacation. If I can't do what I have to do, I'd rather be with my family in Indonesia. So I didn't sign that new contract. Uh, I chose to do my rehab in uh, Indonesia. And yeah, basically that's since then, it was just a spiral of Indonesian teams, you know, uh, uh, me playing there. Uh, but essentially I would say that I feel mentally and physical ready this season. It took me, maybe physically, it took me a, month, a year to be normal again. But to get that psychological barrier, to feel as fast as you wanted to feel before, you know, to, to feel not scared, I think that's the hardest part of having an operation after is just uh, yeah. that same player mentally here, you know, going to challenges where you... And I'm the type of player, I'm not the most technical player. I'm not a messy by all means. I'm a hard worker, you know. Uh, I yeah. Work. I have to press, I will do the hard work, I'll do your dirty work, I'll do the correct things, you know, I'll give you 100%. And if I lose lose that side of me, I'm not a professional player. That's just the no. reality, that's just the reality of it. And I knew that, but then I was, I had this hindrance of my injury. So mentally I wasn't there. So yeah, that's why I had, a, uh, you know, I changed clubs a couple of times. Um, I would say that I wasn't my best at all. Uh, but of course, as a football player, you know, you're not going to say to a club that, oh, I'm not ready, you know, because you want to play. You want to play. You want to, you know. But back in your head, but back in your head, you knew that I knew. during those years and times, you wasn't really. No, I knew. No, I knew exactly, uh, especially mentally. I, I, I knew. wasn't confident with what I was doing and everything. So I would say this year in, uh, in Sleman is the first year that I feel like, okay, you know what? I'm like the player I was in Europe, you know. I feel fit. I feel strong again. I feel confident. So yeah, thank God for that too, you know, uh, it was a process and maybe it took me too long, whereas other players would take it short, but everyone has their, you know, own, own time schedule. Own time, true. Uh, so yeah, that's what's, how I came back. What's your next plan? You said you feel good now, you feel strong again, you feel mentally really ready. Uh, you you had a club, this is a club, Sleeman at the moment. What's your next plan and what is your future plan? For me, you know, uh, I, I'm happy at Sleman now, you know, uh, before the league stopped, you know, I got, you know, uh, I'm starting in the team. Uh, I feel comfortable in the team, you know, I feel like I'm helping the team a lot. And uh, also I have a coach that is, that, that, that's confident with me, you know, I think he's seen me for the player I am now, finally. And um, so, you know, I like to take things day by day, but right now I'm happy in Sleman. I'm going to take things game by game. Of course, you have your short-term and long-term goals, but... You know, I don't really want to think too far ahead right now. I want to, uh, you know, feel fit, keep healthy, enjoy myself, uh, try to give the best for Sleiman. So for me, you know, uh, my goal right now is just to focus on best Sleiman uh, and see. Well, it, you know, I'm not gonna lie. If uh, who doesn't want to play for the national team, who doesn't? You know, I think every every player in Indonesia wants to. But 
I'm not thinking about that yet. I just want to take things one day at a time. First, I want to focus on Sleman, play good there, you know, uh, have 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 a lot of games under my belt, and see where things take me. So one day at a time. That's that's nice. my plan. Yeah. What's your biggest regret in football so far? It would be that I think uh, doing my rehab back in Indonesia. It wasn't that the rehab was bad, bad, but it just closed that European door for me. Uh, you know, it, it's difficult from when you when you close that and you come back to Indonesia to go back there. It's not so easy. So no. maybe I would have liked, and I was still young. I would have liked a few more years in Europe uh, to to really, you know to to give more. Maybe that's my biggest regret in football right now. But you know, uh, I believe that. Uh, Everything in life, you know, uh, is for a reason. You know, I'm also very spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. Spiritual. So, I mean, if I didn't come back, also, I wouldn't have met people like you. You know, uh, meet, <laughs> I meet here and been able to do things that I want to do, uh, especially with helping out, uh, maybe with charity, uh, having a voice. So you know, but that would essentially be my biggest footballing regret. What is, What is your biggest fear as a football player or human being? Mm. You know, my biggest fear. Completely honest, I I would say like right now is is the same thing. It's uh, it's playing bad essentially. That is my my biggest fear coming to every game. I play with confidence, but you know, uh, I always have butterflies before a game. But once that whistle starts, then I'm not nervous anymore. But essentially, I think that is the biggest fear for. Uh, I'm not saying all footballers. I can't say that, but yeah, it's just playing bad. But of course, I have to overcome that mental uh, blockage. In your life, you experience a lot, as I as I may hear now, European, uh, Indonesian journeys. What is your message to kids growing up in the same circumstances as you, and how to handle expectations? For me, for the kids that are you know similar to to to, to where I came from, I think first, if you love football, go for it because you know what, you can be a football player. Whether you're Chinese Indonesian, you come from a established background, and you love football, you still can do it because you know I'm doing it right now. I'm living that life right now, and it's possible. But of course, don't think that it's gonna give it, you know, be given to you on a silver plate. Like like a lot of things in life, you have to work for. You have to work hard. And you have to want to give that extra, you know, uh, extra work in to to to, yeah. to where you want to get. That would be essentially my message. So. For me, it's possible. Whether you're Chinese Indonesian, don't ever think that you're a certain way and you can't do what you love to do or what you want to do because you can. With hard work, that's possible. With faith and hard work, anything is possible essentially. So I agree. Amen. That's how I feel. What is what is for you a modern football player nowadays? A modern football player. Mm. And do you feel like do you feel like everyone should be a modern football player nowadays? You know what? Uh, actually, I do feel that. I think if you want to succeed succeed in, in in football nowadays, I think it's much more challenging and demanding than uh, maybe before. Uh, so, you, if you want to survive the modern game, you do have to become a modern football player. What I think you can get away with um, in in more olden times, maybe with 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 the lifestyle, you know, with not eating so healthy. You know, a lot of players before they didn't eat so healthy. Maybe they weren't—they weren't educated. Not just in Indonesia, and in the whole world, they weren't really educated about it. Uh, you know, I think back in in, in England, in the 80s, they were still smoking and everything. But now, I think sports—not just football, sports in general—has become uh, so competitive and so every detail matters. I was just reading that LeBron James spent a million dollars every year 
just on recovery that's not on training just just that little detail is so important you know and there's things like you know you're the best at this i think you know more about this like with the recovery machines there's like a sleeping pod even so it's it's that competitive that any edge you can get you want to get so i think that i think the modern day football player right now is 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 you know what talent is not enough you have to give that you have to have that kobe bryant mentality you have to do everything possible to make football your lifestyle so yeah. you know i think the, the what the modern football player has is that they know football is my lifestyle off the field on the field and everything and uh for me it's it's more difficult to play football now than before i mean as you see in the premier league now I, sometimes i look and i'm like man even when i was in europe it wasn't like this you know you see yeah. you see them running 90 minutes you know hard working hard everything but maintaining that quality of the final ball of the decision making people think it's it's easy when they look at tv but as football players you know i was i mean i was watching uh, leeds against chelsea the other day yeah leeds united lost 3-1 but the way they worked was incredible uh, how bielsa had his team they were pressing Bro. for 80 minutes you know without, yeah. without, not tired kind of you know what i think not just because you're my friend but i think you like you are the modern day football player you know this is this is what uh, a modern play, football player should like off the field and on the field you know you're a tireless worker and off the field you take care of yourself so well so i think we all can learn from each other even i learned from you you know how you train uh, your attitude towards uh, towards football in general you know your your healthy lifestyle your rest so i think uh, yeah. you should always want to learn uh, to be a modern nice. football player you should always want to learn don't ever think that you know everything do you think that does that limit your life besides football as a, as an entrepreneur while being playing or do you think that should be a, should be possible as well uh you know for me it's a it's a hard question that's a hard question of course it it limits your life uh because you do have to train every day and you know recovery is important even if we only train 2 3 hours a day you know we do need that type to rest we can't we can't be constantly thinking and everything but uh it is possible if you do it the right way you know um and i feel that okay uh you know on the pitch is the most important because essentially you are a professional football player you get paid uh being a professional football player but uh there are times where you can actually do other things outside of football it's just how you manage your time uh you do that the best too honestly you do that very well how to manage your time and i feel as a modern day athlete uh it's already very important to give back to the community so I always feel like uh, it's maybe it's just me. This is an opinion, but uh, being a good football player is not just enough for me. I want to actually have a voice in in society and to actually give back to to uh, to all, you know to the younger generation or maybe uh, even the older generation in general to to educate them yeah. more to give back maybe uh, financially. So um, and I th- I see a lot of athletes doing that you know and I feel like I don't know what what do you think because for me you know especially NBA players now. uh athletes are more than athletes now uh you know they they're not just public figures or athletes or professional athletes they're political figures too i mean lebron james with the black lives matter also he started that um he has a voice for this so as long as you're using that voice for good uh i think it's 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 a great thing to do as well as an athlete i agree totally agree because i think when we are in the moments of being a public figure which maybe not lasts forever your whole life Yeah. But when you are in the moment of being a public figure and you are uh fortunate enough to be that public figure, use it in the right way. Use it to do it 
to do good for others because a lot of people will never reach the moment they become a public figure. So use your voice and use your yeah. uh, level in society maybe to do something back. And I think that's for me more than a football player yeah. is to do something with your reputation and uh, that can be anything. Uh, that can be that can be charity, but that can be more than. I think the most important is to follow your passion, because at football players people look at us like kind of limited, like oh you are just that football player, yeah. and we we judge you based on that 90 minutes on the pitch, and once you play bad that 90 minutes, that means you are a bad human being. That yeah. means you are a bad person. Right. That means you are a bad addict. You are crap. Yeah. That's the perspective of people. And I think the most important is that that once we step out of that ourselves, is to actually be a good human being 24/7. Yeah. Despite if we play a bad game, that that, that can happen. Yeah. But as long as we're happy with ourselves and happy to give back what with with whatever we can, I think we should be satisfied. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm 100% uh, with you in that sense. I I completely agree uh, with everything you said there because. Agreed. As a public figure, as a role model, you know, uh, if you have that voice, use it for good. Why not? Because not many people can do that. And knowing the world now, any good is 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 is, is needed. Any sort of small good gestures is needed in this in this world right now. So sure. why not? You know, and you're essentially we are role models for the younger generation because we're we're public figures. We're you know we're icons in a way. They look up to us. Oh, you know, Mark Locke, you know, uh, procedure player, everything. If you did something bad, they will follow it. They don't know what's right or wrong. They think whatever yeah. you do is the right thing to do. So the fact that even if you, you're doing great things, you know, you're giving back to the community, they think it's cool automatically. They might not even think it's good yet, what you're doing. Yeah. But you're setting an example for them to do, which is fantastic. I think this is what life is all about. Uh, for me, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very religious guy. For me, for, you know, there is one quote that I love. Um, Football is a means to an end serving and glorifying god's name is the is the end goal so essentially for me is it's that i love football it's my passion but the voice is what uh what i really want you know to actually inspire the younger generations and lead them to the, the right path in a sense so exactly like that's what you're doing so we have to be role models also we can't we that's that's where i think a lot of young players are, are still lack in this country because you know, uh, they think, oh, we're a football player. Automatically, you know, we can do what we want. We were privileged, you know. Uh, so they may be doing all these things that not necessarily a, a role model should be doing. And they don't know that they might think that they're just hurting themselves. But the repercussions is that the younger generation might see you do this and they might follow it. And it's yeah. a cycle. It's a constant, like, you know, uh, cycle. So the same thing. If you do it for good, it'll be a cycle for good, too. So... True. And for us athletes, I think our message is that use your voice for something good, for something that you can give back to community because uh, the world will be a better place if everyone had that voice and used it for good. Totally agree. Totally agree. I have some rapid questions for you. Cool. So that is just fire back. Yeah, your perfect. first instinct. Okay. Um, first one. Espanol or Malaga? Espanol. Second division or Belgian Pro League? Belgian Pro League. Surabaya or Jakarta? Jakarta. Dani Alves or Philip Lam? Philip Lam. Persebaya Surabaya or Persija Jakarta? Persija Jakarta. What's your dream with Indonesia? To win the FF. 
Trent Alexander-Arnold or Kyle Walker? Trent Alexander-Arnold. Arthur's Irawan, best attribute? Game understanding. Injured or bench? Bench. Best Indonesian player? Pamung Pamungkas. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That was my questions, bro. Bro, very cool, very cool. No, honestly, uh, man, I, I generally enjoy doing this interview. You know, sometimes you do interviews for the sake of doing them, you know, but, yeah. you know, it, bro, honestly, you got to do this more because uh, it's also a platform where I can voice my voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, sure. And your questions are not the questions that generally they ask in public. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, you know that if you go to like uh, the, the journalists and everything, they ask the same questions over and over again. What's your position? Uh, what do you think of this player? What do you th and it, it gets so repetitive. And I don't think that, you know, uh, anyone cares anymore. But this is essentially what matters. The questions you asked me, I know I loved it, bro. Honestly, I would say it's it's one of the best interviews that I ever did up there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro, so much. Thank you so much. It's still new for me. I did uh, I did a few now, I think nine. And uh, every two weeks, I will upload another one. And we will see where it goes. I think the main uh, main objective is just to inspire and to yeah. to learn also from others. Yeah. Uh, and and that other people can learn from us. I think that's the most uh, most important. Yeah. And and for me, it's it's all about positivity. And um, yeah. I've I've experienced maybe in my career a lot of negativity as well. Yeah. And maybe at one point I reached the level that that everything I really dreamed for became reality yeah. and everything starts to become positive. Yeah. But there are still people out there who are taking that for negative or they hate or they, yeah. they, they're wishing you bad because they want to see themselves above you. And for me, that's a no-go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. And I wish everybody the best they can have in their life. Honestly, from, the, from deep inside my heart and and that's why one of the things that I want to invite people who do good and and to sh to send that message abroad because uh, that inspires me more and I think that inspires the next generation to do good. Bro, nothing but respect for you, honestly. And I mean that, yeah. yeah? From the bottom of my heart, I mean that. Nothing but respect. So, no, keep doing what you're doing, bro. I mean, not just on the field, you know. Uh, we know how good a player you are, but off the field, uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic. So, just please keep at it. I mean... It's uh, thanks. You know the fact that you become Indonesian, I think, is so, is so positive for for this country itself. Not just for your footballing qualities, but what you give back to this country. You know, because maybe, not saying I don't know. I'm not going to mention names, but some players they become Indonesian. Okay, just for the football, which is great. You know, that's what they're meant to do. But how you're giving back to the country is is essentially what makes you more Indonesian than a lot of other Indonesian people. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, man, no, but nothing but respect, bro. Please keep at this, uh, you know. Thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Each other in Bali soon, hopefully. Soon, soon, soon. You have any questions for me to finish? No, I think, bro, you, you answer, you, you asked me all, all the right questions. You asked me all that, you know, uh, I wanted to answer essentially. So no, bro, uh, it's, it's great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for your time, bro. And I see you soon. Brother. All right, thanks, bro. I'll see you soon, okay? God bless, bro. See you, bro. See you, bro. Ciao, ciao.